so I am going to do the Lectio today and then communion. So if you if you don't have your communion elements and want to gather them, now is your moment. Um, I thought I'd do a Gaelic blessing this morning. Our theme is peace. And the um, there's a there's a Scottish blessing which starts with deep peace. Uh, and so I thought I would use that this morning. So I'm going to share the screen. I've got the different words. I'm going to read the whole thing three times. Um, I've got some with images and uh, video. We'll see how that goes. All right, so. So deep peace, deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. Moon and stars pour their healing light on you. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. Deep peace of Christ to you. So as, I, um, as we just go through it slowly, I'm just gonna pause on each one. Um, and uh, there's an image to go with each. Maybe one of them will speak to you more than another. Maybe one is the, is the one that you need, but there is, there is peace in nature that uh, we just need to tap into every now and again. And um, this is just another way to do it, so. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. you're listening on the um, podcast you have to imagine the images um the ocean the clouds and the sky deep peace of the quiet earth to you this is deer underneath the trees in richmond park in the uk deep peace of the quiet earth to you Deep peace of the shining stars to you. This is an image of a galaxy far away. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. This is our moon and stars.
moon and stars pour their healing light on you. This is our moon, and I think that's Mars in the sunset sky. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. And the image is a painted, uh, painting of a candle. Deep peace of Christ to you. It's a candle and some pumpkins, Thanksgiving image. Deep peace of Christ to you. Let's just read it one more time. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. Moon and stars pour their healing light on you. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. Deep peace of Christ to you. So we come to the table. We pause and we take our seats. If you have small people, invite them to join you from youngest to oldest to come and join us at the table. This weekend, we're busy laying Thanksgiving tables for each other. But right now, we're as a moment just to come to this table that's been laid for us by Jesus, because he invites all of us to come. Let's just pray. From youngest to oldest, God, we are welcome at your table. You established this tradition, Jesus, for us a meal that you had with your friends. You took the bread, you broke it, and you gave thanks. So we, your body, gathered here today, take bread. We take your broken body and we eat it so that we might remember you, so that we might be healed. We break the bread together and we give you thanks. Then after the meal, you took the cup and you passed it around. You told your friends it was your blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of sin. They gratefully drank the cup that you passed and we take the cup and we drink it too. And we are thankful. We are thankful for you, Jesus. We are thankful for this gift of remembering. We eat and we drink so we might be filled with you. Come, Lord Jesus, fill us again today, and may the peace of Christ dwell in our hearts with thanksgiving. Amen. And Eden, I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you for Eden. I thank you for the gift that she is to our community. If you didn't hear, by the way, we're, um, we're keeping her on for as long as she wants to. So we, we scrapped the interim word, and we decided that she's good. She can stay. So uh, for as long as she wants to, 
party on. Um, so God, anyway, we thank you for Eden. We thank you for who she is. We thank you for the gift that she is to our community. And God, I thank you for the gift of the words that you've put in her for this weekend. Um, I pray that you would be peace in her as she speaks of peace uh, for all of us. Amen. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you all. Uh, I just want to say that I'm very, very grateful to be a part of this community. And you, um, you have each filled my cup at different times in this last year. And I just appreciate uh, the ebb and flow of this community and how lovely it is. And I'm happy to, um, I'm happy you are stuck with me for now. Um, so I'm going to talk about peace this morning. Uh, interesting how whatever it is that, you know, comes up to speak, to be spoken on, um, kind of ends up being a part of your week. Um, but I grew up in a Mennonite home. And so I was familiar with the emphasis on peace. Um, I was taught early about pacifism and conscientious objectors and that there were ways of pursuing peace without needing to go to war. And uh, as a young child, I knew that within our home, it worked like this. Uh, it was fine to argue with siblings at home or at least tolerated. But as soon as we left the house and started to walk down the street to church, we better all be peaches and cream with each other because, well, peace. Our family of six all sat on the fourth bench on the right-hand side of the church, and it was one of the short benches. And seeing as there were only two parents and four kids, there was no way to fully separate all of us during the service. It would start with a slow and steady elbow into the ribs from one of my sisters, a pressurized elbow that would give nothing away to our parents. If whatever was bothering my sibling didn't stop immediately, the pressure would intensify. There was precious little room to wiggle away. And if the elbow hadn't done it, uh, there were other means of peaceful torture. But the thin veneer of peace was ever present. Those weed kids, they were good as gold. Um, but I, I was in no way at peace sitting on that hard bench with my sister's elbow grinding against my ribs. But I knew that not making a scene in church and faking peace was a very high priority for my family and for my faith community. But avoiding a scene is not peace. In John 16, Jesus was getting to the nitty gritty of things with his disciples. He was preparing them for the de his departure and validating the grief that they were going to feel. He gets into some tough truth in this chapter, and then he finishes with these words in verse 33 of John 16. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
there's a kind of peace that comes from this truth that Jesus has spoken that for many of us can potentially erase some toxic understanding of God's love for us. Jesus is promising here that in our lifetime, we will face hard things, troubles. But he tells us to take heart, chin up, because he has overcome the world. In other words, he has experienced troubles too. But do you see what's missing from this verse? Jesus in no way equates troubles, hardships, or bad luck on God's judgment of us. Troubles do not reflect whether God loves us or not, whether he's annoyed with our problems and insecurities. Troubles are a part of life, a fact, a part of the equation of our lives. But even while facing troubles, we can find Jesus and we can find peace. Using Jesus as an example, he found himself in trouble with regularity in his three plus years of ministry on earth. The Pharisees tried to catch him breaking the law almost all the time. Moles in the crowd were reporting back to them. And then the Pharisees would confront Jesus by saying something like, we heard, we heard you healed someone on the Sabbath. Or they would pose some impossible gotcha question so that they could charge him with something. Angry mobs were riled up and ready to stone Jesus, and yet he just walked away. Even during Jesus's mock trial, it was Pilate running in and out between his court and the temple leaders. Jesus stayed put, waiting for the verdict. But we also see Jesus bringing peace very definitively in a couple of stories. A woman caught in adultery. He, uh, he arrives at a, very in a, at a very volatile situation. The men already have stones in their hands and are ready to stone her for her crime. Jesus could have said, okay, boys, to the disciples and grab some rocks, but he didn't. He disarmed the angry accusers with something he wrote in the dirt. And the whole situation was diffused without violence. Then again, with the woman at the well, Jesus sits down and engages with this woman. He does not, not act out of an us-them dualistic mindset, but he listens in a way that allows him to hear what her deepest need is, and then he offers to meet that need. If only we prioritized listening, and considered problem solving before we grabbed our stones and our guns and tried to show them who's boss. In the Old Testament, prophecies called Jesus the Prince of Peace. Peace is not compliance. It's a thoughtful resistance. Peace might even mean you're a rule breaker. Peace actively finds nonviolent solutions. Peace speaks truth to unveil what needs to be seen. Peace focuses 
on what needs healing rather than what can be conquered. Peace sees the individual and then meets the need. Peace draws people together rather than dividing them into sides. Peace, when settled inside the hearts of people, is a sustainable way of life that transcends circumstances. It's a way of life that instead of it feeling like you're on a roller coaster, you actually find yourself just observing the roller coaster. When the sword was pulled out in the garden and Peter swung it at Malchus, the servant of the high priest, Jesus stepped in and said, put it away, Peter. And then Jesus healed the man that was about to arrest him. I know it can seem ridiculous to put away our swords and our guns and knives or our biting words on social media. But Jesus is calling us to higher ground and asking us to put our weapons down. Peace is not just nonviolence in the physical sense. It is a form of nonviolence that affects how we think about others and even ourselves. I know that some of us are far more violent in our thoughts about ourselves than we would ever be towards someone else. So, Peace is a way of thinking, being, and acting. If I judge myself and have no peace about who I am, or how I was made, or how I present, then how can I authentically demonstrate and live in peace with others? So how do we live peacefully in our communities? I would encourage all of you to start managing what you watch and consume via news and social media. Consider following organizations that are moved and invested in bringing peace as their calling. <clears throat> I have a few suggestions. MCC Peace is a very fine organization that actively looks for peaceful solutions to long-term and ongoing uh, global poverty. They listen, they consider creative solutions, they empower and they bring sustainable peace for many around the world. Another organization you might wanna follow is called Impact Nations. Steve Stewart, who was from Abbotsford, um, has built up a ministry that brings humanitarian aid to nations in peril. And he empowers locals in the areas that he is in relationship to bring that aid that's required. And Krista Roby in Malawi, who we had on uh, during the summer, she brings peace by helping those in chronic pain and by training locals to do the same. And by listening to her clients to really hear the deep down issues that they face, they face. And we here at the bridge have just this last Sunday taken a giant step towards peace by welcoming the queer community to enter in and participate together with us in community because of love. We have moved toward peacemaking that is extraordinarily beautiful.
within community, we may consider the peacemakers as the more vulnerable due to their seeming desire to please everyone or to find the lowest common denominator between beliefs or philosophies. But that is not peacemaking, that is peace faking. A community that is engaged in true and love-based peacemaking is not hiding from conflict. Rather, it takes note and considers anyone who needs advocacy. It listens to the voices of the marginalized and makes space for a healthy dialogue and considers a path to meeting the needs they hear of. When we are focused on peace and not moving in any manner that would be considered violent, we make space for a path to peace. Bernice King, the youngest daughter of Dr. Martin Luther King said this, Nonviolence works, and it isn't about false peace. Nonviolence dramatizes the issue. It stands up to oppressive power, and it pursues justice. It's love-centered, strategic, non-cooperation with evil. Peace is not a state of calm due to perfect conditions. Peace transcends our environment and our circumstances to allow us to observe, engage, and be at peace in the worst of conditions. So how does peace grow in us? One of my favorite prayers to pray for others is that they might have peace. Our lives they're complicated and we have unexpected and troubling things that arise nearly daily. So how do we foster peace in our hearts? How does that happen? Well, we listen to Christ, the Prince of Peace. We listen to the narratives we tell ourselves to come to more understanding of what we ourselves need. We listen to our hearts and we identify wounds and the pain that they manifest within us. We listen without judgment to, to determine what it is that needs to be attended to so that peace can come to that place. Peace comes more easily when we are not depending on others to meet the needs we have. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't need others. But until we come to peace with ourselves and understand that we can be, that we can soothe those tender places within us, the chances of another person being able to meet that need is actually very low. If I don't love myself, I cannot be at peace with myself. If I reach out and look for others' love to fill my need, that is not going to bring a sustaining peace. It can't because the love and the peace I'm looking for must be something that rises within me and out of my relationship with Jesus. So while as a faith community, we're listening to the voices in and around our broader community and reaching out to meet needs that arise within ourselves, if we want sustained peace, we must take time to meet with Jesus and tend to our own needs and pain. Loving ourselves and others is the pathway to sustainable peace. 
our ability to be peacemakers in this world requires us to be at peace in our own hearts. And peace is rooted in our relationship with Christ who brought us the true understanding of God's love for us. And deep peace that is beyond our understanding. I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 2, 14 to 20 from the Common English Bible, which I'm not actually very familiar with, but um, I liked how they um, had translated this, and I just made a few small pronoun adjustments. Christ is our peace. He made both us and them into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of the two groups, making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the, by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. When Jesus came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near. We all have access to the Father through Christ by the one spirit. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as your cornerstone. God has brought us to understand that there is no us and them, but that we all have access to the Father through Christ by the Holy Spirit. Christ has taken down all the walls between us, so why would we feel any need to build those walls back up again. My hope is that as a community, we will be known as peacemakers, as barrier breakers, and as reconcilers that let everyone know that they belong to God's household. Christ Jesus is our cornerstone, and we will move in God's love to bring peace to those in this world and all in it. I'm just gonna pray a benediction over you uh, before uh, to end the sermon and then to move into the Q&R. So this benediction com comes from Romans 12, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.